This is Leafs Late Night, your night of post-game podcast with Roscoe, the Fanalist, and Southey. We win! Yay! Oh, what a game. I don't know, I'm going through it today. <laughs> the emotions were high and low, and then high again, but yeah. Just one of those games where, you know, lack of words. Anyways, Steph the Fanel is here. Welcome back to Leafs Late Night. I have Beaner with me. Uh, Roscoe and Southey are working tonight and we may hear from Darty. You never know. But uh, yeah, how are you feeling, Beaner, after that crazy, crazy game? Good. It was uh, a good response to the loss and... Aside from them maybe taking their foot off the gas pedal a little bit there in the third, I thought they did really well tonight. Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, we definitely expected Tampa to come out guns a-blazing, right? Especially after that uh, last game. But tonight, wow. I was, you know, starting on time. No complaints at all. I mean, I think everyone had got in their episode of Ozark and had their piece of chicken breast or something because whatever they did, it worked. The guys prepared. You know, they took the long route to um, to Tampa. If you heard that, uh, they drove to Buffalo first and then, yeah, avoided the whole COVID thing, uh, the checkpoint and shorter lines. But yeah, Leafs win five to two against the Tampa Bay Lightning in game three of the playoffs. And we are now leading two to one in the series. Ah, oh, it feels so good. It does regained our home ice advantage. And uh, yeah, great game by Soupy. Great game by the third line with Engvall and Mikheyev. Mikheyev getting his first two playoff goals. Yes. Yeah, not really too much to complain about. I think the officiating was a little bit better mm-hmm. tonight. Not that... Now, I know I wasn't on the other night. I was just dead to the world. Um, <laughs> I will say, yes, the officiating was horrible. No, that is not why we lost the game, mm-hmm. but it did not help. Yeah. I'm not trying to say they are the reason, but they sure as hell didn't help. <laughs> oh, Definitely. Uh, I mean, the first game of the playoffs, it's like the Leafs played their best game of the year. And and afterwards, it's you kind of wonder what happened because all of the categories that they've been excelling on, you know, puck battles, even the face off dot, they weren't they weren't very good on the last game. But tonight they responded and made some lineup changes uh, as well. I mean, uh, Hall was in for Lily. We saw Spezza for the first time of the series. Uh, no Simmer or Clifford. And Nylander was reunited with JT. So a lot of talk out there with Leafs Nation, you know, people saying we need some of that grit on the fourth line. Uh, you got to put one one of Spets or sorry Clifford or Simmer on the fourth line, but hey, I didn't notice uh, we needed them tonight. How about you? What do you think about that? Yeah, no, I think everybody kind of got their their backs up a little bit with Keith's comments before the series started. Of what what were his exact comments? It's going to be borderline violent. Yeah, <laughs> and that that just that put everybody in the mindset that hey, Tampa's going to be 
trying to get away with some stuff here. So we need Campbell, we need Simmons, we need to make sure we have guys in here that can protect our stars. And it hasn't really got to that point. So good on Keith for making the decision to put skill in there. Yes, Spezza's not who he was back in you know the early thousands, but he still is a high skill, high hockey IQ player who is very beneficial. And you saw even with a couple defensive plays tonight, he was great. And Alit Crow, I said beforehand, made a couple comments on Twitter saying that uh, Hall will cost us a goal. Now, I guess technically he did because he took the penalty. But uh, I was actually impressed with him tonight. He didn't yeah. blow me away or anything, but he he was solid. I'll I'll give him that. I, I was wrong. That is, yet again, why I am on a couch and not behind an NHL bench. Yeah. Um, everyone kind of had expectation that Hall was going to screw up in one way or another. But I agree, Bean. He was solid tonight. Uh, without having Clifford or Simmons on the fourth line, the Leafs needed another big body in the lineup, in my opinion, anyways. And we know he's 6'4", 205. He has had a problem in the regular season boxing out guys, but when he does, it's very effective. And tonight, um, you know, no complaints either. I think that safety blanket of having Gio as a partner is very, very beneficial. Just the veteran pres presence back there goes to show how valuable Mark Giordano is to this team. Oh, yeah, he has been just a godsend back there. I know, like, We've loved Labushkin ever since they got him. I've loved everything he's brought to the team. But Giordano has just come in there with the the captain's mindset, I guess, right? And completely stabilized the back end and been so refreshing. So ridiculously refreshing seeing the entire turnaround the, the whole blue line has had since he's been there. Yeah, this really goes to show how poor of a performance uh I guess we were kind of used to with other defenders like I saw on Twitter tonight Dermot's name being thrown a lot uh, around a lot because imagine having Dermot on the back end in this position in the playoffs right I know it's still the first round you know series one but having you know I'm gonna eat crow on not having faith in Mark Giordano as well um, when we first got him so I'm so glad he's proving me wrong but anyways Let's just jump right into it. Um, you know, coming into tonight, uh, 22 power plays a piece for each team before tonight. Uh, you know, out of the six periods the Leafs have played in game one and two, over one period was spent on the PK with 22.09 on the PK. So that goes to show, um, you know, just the unbalance of how things have been going. I I don't even know how I'm how to correctly phrase this, but uh, to start off the first period, Leafs came out really hard. Um, you know, Sorelli on the first shift as well, hard hit on Lubushkin, uh, Tampa trying to set the tone immediately. And, you know, the Leafs didn't back down even without those big guns in the lineup. But Maroon, the only time I noticed him this game was that delay of game penalty call. Right off the bat, to begin the period, too. Flips the puck right over the glass, trying to clear. Perfect time for the Leafs to capitalize on their dumb mistakes. 
Yeah, Tampa came out guns blaring, um, and I think they were hoping to capitalize on the momentum they gained in Game 2, right? They had home ice, the crowd was bumping, they wanted to get out there and get on the attack early, and thankfully Soup was able to calm things down a little bit and made a, that beautiful stop on Braden Point. What was it, something ridiculous, like 15 or 20 seconds in? Yes. Um just that that shoulder kind of reflex save, making sure that he was in the right position to stop it. And the game could have gone terribly downhill from there if that something as simple as that little save wasn't made. Yeah. And the thing about this first power play for the Leafs, I noticed that the first unit was out there the entire time. And it was just chance after chance. And they were recovering the pucks. And, you know, um, Nylander with a good recovery straight to Matthews, high slot, tries to snipe it. But then they keep the play alive. And that was the whole key to this power play. You know, Riley ended up getting that perfect shot straight in from, I believe, they gave it to Bunting, who had the last touch. Originally, it was Matthews. But, yeah. And that Sully from Riley, man, so happy to see him score the first goal of the night. Well, we've touched on it a couple times. The the fact that Riley's been there for so long and had to deal with so much <laughs> BS the entire time he's been there. And it was it was great to see. Now, I don't know why they, I, I guess maybe it's just different looks trying to keep the opposing team guessing. But why are Marner and Matthews on the opposite wings right now? It yeah. seems like every time they do that, it, it doesn't really work. You need them on the opposite side so that they have their chance at the one-timers. But who knows? Maybe maybe there's something we don't know, right? There's always a mix. There's always something different. I mean, the first game, we were kind of confused by having the two forwards behind the goalie and making the play from there. And then we did not see that in game two. And then in... This game, it was kind of back to the original game plan from the regular season, kind of circling the zone, switching spots with one another. But you're right, Beaner. They kind of stuck with their off wing, which, you know, worked out for Riley on this play because he was on his wrong side shooting this this uh, goal in. But the next couple power play opportunities... The pressure was there, but obviously they could not sink it. But hey, if the pressure's on, that's all you need if it's going to, you know, bump the time down and you're playing with the lead. Yeah, and and good on Keith for continuing to adjust mid-game too, right? Like that first power play, as you mentioned, the first unit stayed on the entire time. Well, that's because for almost the first full minute they were out there, they didn't really get much going. They didn't they didn't expend a lot of energy running all over the place trying to keep the puck in, and they didn't accomplish much. So he said, hey, it's important that we get this first goal. Let's go for it. And then later, it's, it's not like he kept doing that every time. Yeah. Like the next power play, you saw the second unit come out, and I think that's good because if you – if you continue to give that first unit the full two minutes every time, yes, you might get another goal out of it, but you're just going to gas the guys and they're going to get stuck out there when they're tired and we're going to have odd man rushes against and either penalties or goals against. So it's it's nice nice to see yeah. after having Babs go for so long without <laughs> doing in-game changes because what he said went and nobody else was going to tell him how to coach his team, right? have the wrong 
song on, but it's gonna work. <laughs> we have Dirty Broder joining us <laughs> very late. Playoff Dirty. This is the playoff song, but uh, playoff it just wants yeah. to keep playing. <laughs> it's a good beat, but I don't think you can get really like any. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> any thoughts you know to that? We're going to blame Johnny on this one just because there's so many darty buttons here that uh, I can't keep track. So the first darty button, I'm just going to hit it. <laughs> Welcome, darty Burder, joining us to the show. <laughs> um, <laughs> we're still on the first period here, uh, just going over the uh, Riley power play goal. Oof. Did you watch the game tonight, Darty, or did you listen to Joe? I listened to Joe. I listened to Joe in many formats. And then finally, because of a wonderful thing that we have in Canada known as Tim Hortons. I uh, realized that I had a Sportsnet Now membership for like six months or something that I was oh. just <laughs> sitting in my notifications. I was like, wait a second. If I use this, I can watch hockey on my phone. <laughs> what a concept. Ooh. So uh, I took me forever to figure it out, but uh, I was able to get a good portion of the third period, which was a great period in its own right. You know, honestly, we can look through everything in rose-colored glasses when we win. <laughs> but I heard the Riley goal, and uh, Bowen loved it. It's just, you know, after he bashed in, uh, was it, did he, did he uh, was it Colton that in game one? There's somebody he, he completely left bloodied, like absolutely leaking. Oh, You'd... it was. It Jan was. Ruda. Yeah, Ruda, Ruda. there you go. After that, <laughs> I just figured this was the series of like Morgan Riley. Like he's gonna he's gonna really show some grit, and if anything, he'd be the he'd be the kind of guy to push us to the next level, right? Yeah. Well, look at the emotion after that goal, and like I was saying to Steph when we were breaking the goal down, the guy's been through so much with this team, all the ups and downs, and let's be honest, there's been probably a lot more downs than there has ups, and. <laughs> He he's seen an opportunity here. He's comfortable. He's got his contract. Let's do this. Let's get on this, right? Yeah. Just moving along. Uh, Campbell, several great saves. This first period alone, he made that, you know, he just swiped his stick out of the out in the air and just said, get that shit right out of here, bruh. And uh, soup, yes soup all night long uh we heard the gold bolts go chance and you know it's funny when you read social media and you see people ask why are they booing every time he makes a save <laughs> but <laughs> if you do, if you know you know it's it's jack campbell you know jack campbell is elite but if you're squinting or have like you know just really poor eyesight like uh you know some people happen to have you know it's unfortunate you might think that they're at you know, Scotiabank Arena because of the colors uh, that uh, <laughs> I know <laughs> yeah. it's Emily. I know it's pretty, you know, it's pretty obvious when you walk outside that you're not in the, the gray texture of uh, of concrete <laughs> Toronto. But uh, yeah, it does. You, you can if you blink for a second, you might think, oh, shit, are we at home? Just because, you know, the colors and, you know, you see a lot of you yeah. still hear a lot of soup chants. Like, that's the thing It's crazy to think that, like, on top of the, you know, the go bolts go you're hearing soup and i heard somebody yell poppy yeah. too so like there's a lot of toronto in, nice. in tampa nice uh just moving on tampa bay goes on the power play because labushkin and his good old high stick you know we always say lube is good for at least one penalty a game and 
I always, you know, wish he'd watch his stick, but, you know, passes in the past and it led to other great things because, you know, Blackwell in the corner takes a rebound, Muzzin recovers, sends the play all the way down to the giraffe who's galloping through the ice jungle, meeting the Russian bear out of the box, Blackwell with them, three on one. Lube with all the patience in the world, perfect pass to Blackwell, who has a wide open cage and scores. Oh. What a goal. What a goal. What a goal that was. Man, this, and, this and, man. Yeah, like, and it's, it's things like that that you need, right? Because it didn't turn out to be that way tonight, but you get games where Mikheyev scores a couple. Blackwell scores like if you know your third fourth line guys are bearing it and it it forces everybody to watch those guys a little more and maybe let up on the stars right Mm -hmm. so it's it's only going to help the Leafs going forward definitely and a lot of these guys are becoming stars in their own right like (laughs) yeah yeah and this was the first time we saw a Blackwell Spezza and Ingvall line uh, this is the first time Keith has tried that out. And tonight, I got to say, I, I really liked it. They were speedy. They were they were skilled. Blackwell, you know, he wears number 11. I think he's just as great as Hyman, if not better right now with this team uh, as a fit on the bottom six role. Um, what do you guys think? I thought it was great, and like we we touched on it a little bit, how it was kind of nice to see that since the not the grit wasn't really needed, but the the protection wasn't really needed, that they were able to put together a fourth line that is usable and safe. You can rely on them to play a little bit, even in the defensive end, because like as I touched on earlier, Spezza had a couple good defensive plays that you know maybe a Clifford or a Simmons wouldn't do right. Yeah. So they got chances. They got a goal out of it and it it was great. When, when you get the contributions from those lines, it takes a little bit of the pressure off the big boys. Like I said, so. Yeah. Um, Leafs end the period two nothing feeling real, real good. Lots of pressure in the last couple of minutes by Tampa. Uh, Even with the Leafs, you know, Bunting and Stamkos chirping a bunch. And um, the first line seemed like they got into a little scrum with the second line. Uh, Killorn washed Matthew's face and he did not like that. (laughs) But yeah, even with this. I want to know. Sorry. I want to know what Bunting was saying to Stamkos because Bunting was hot there. Like yes. he was laying into him. No, 30? Bunting. Bunting looked like uh, like he's getting under a lot of people's skin. Like I don't know if it was just him being mouthy or just you know he's we 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 know he's got a bit of a rat in him. Like <laughs> yeah, he, uh, and maybe that's what we need, right? Like less less fighting and more just you know making them feel a little uncomfortable in their own home, right? Like. It wasn't nice to lose that last game the way that we did. And then we come back and, you know, it got a little scary. I don't, I don't want to jump too far ahead, but we did, I'm, you know, I'd be lying if uh, 99% of Leaf Station wasn't biting their nails a little bit because it's 3-1 and anytime we're up by anything in one, <laughs> you know, you start getting <laughs> some uh, 
Vietnam era flashbacks, but uh, no, it's just, um, I think that uh, what uh, Beaner was saying about that, that bottom line and what you were pointing out as well to add on to that is uh, there's a lot of maturity there too, surprisingly, like, <laughs> cause you just yeah. think Blackwell kind of, he kind of looks a little goofy. He's not like, but he, mm-hmm. even though he's five foot nine, you know, probably one of the shorter, like it's not really that short, you know, <laughs> our short Kings here, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but it's short enough, you know, and uh, especially on, a, you know, on that line, right? Like what Engvall's six foot something and Spezza's no uh, slouch, but uh you know, they all seem to actually mesh pretty well together. And I know we would have liked to have like mentally have a guy like Simmons or a guy like Clifford just as, you know, insurance. But uh, considering how the refs were, you know, were playing, uh, you know, playing, playing that game of uh, game management, we want to be, we also want to play it safe there too, right? You don't want to get too, uh, yeah. too handsy and then things get out of control. Like I saw, speaking of our, our, golden boy justin hall he kind of got that holding call which i thought a lot of people were you know starting to get again those vietnam flashbacks like oh no what did you do (laughs) (laughs) yeah and just to end the period here tampa didn't know when to stop because after the whistle sernak goes after hall and point jumps in or killorn jumps in and Toronto ends up getting a power play to start the next period. So that made the buds even feel even better going into the second. Um, The Leafs are unable to convert, even though they get a five on three for 25 seconds uh, due to a delay of game call. Um, But things just get better moving on into the second Uh, Labushkin lays Paul at the line, but Tampa ends up recovering in camp intercepts the puck in the neutral zone you know i was saying the a couple episodes ago i would never ever expect you know the first top eight guys in my mind to score but i can't believe it it is three nothing because david camp scores (laughs) who sees that like who saw that coming no one well that that like goes back to to have a good offense you need a good defense as well right if you're in a good position defensively it's going to create opportunities for you and camp is a perfect example of that and mm-hmm. they didn't show a close up breakdown on this one like they did in the first game but i'm wondering if he used kind of the same deceptiveness on his his stick blade and the angle that his blade was before he shot cuz Vassy was out to launch on that one. That's not a typical goal you see go against him. I don't know if it's because he doesn't have a book on camp because the guy had, what, one goal last year? <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> like, really, how can you have a book on him? Um, but no, it, 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 was, it was great to see. And I felt in the second game they got a little sloppy. Yeah. And they didn't, they didn't focus on playing the same game that they played in game one, playing the full structure, supporting everybody, not just where you're supposed to be, support your teammates. If you're seeing their pinching a bit, maybe cover, like yeah. focus a little more on the team defense rather than trying to get up and score. And they were doing that tonight and it led to some good chances. Definitely. And it's interesting you bring that up about the the angle of the stick to me it looked like a very quick shot uh kind of like a rush play because he had uh people chasing him from behind Mikheyev to his left I think Vasilevsky was expecting the pass to Mikheyev 
uh, because you know no one knows Camp as a sniper. You know <laughs> this is a very, this is a cherry on top of our depth, and tonight it was all depth scores. Uh, just moving on. Um, Ross Colton scores on the power play. Unfortunately, uh, Kerfoot's unable to loosen the puck at the blue line. Doesn't dump it in. Tampa's able to set up the Palat pass. Bounces off McKayev's skate right onto Sergeyev's stick to to Colton on the left side. One times it passed Geo Campbell and in. It was three one. We didn't want to hear the narrative. It was 3-1. I'm so glad the Leafs held, you know, even though <laughs> even though it was getting a little because we go into the third period and of course Palat scores. Then we're at 3-2. And now we're breathing into lunch lunch bags like <gasps> having and a it's little like panic. Yeah, when Palat scored because ahead, McDonough and Kalorn were kind of the public enemies this game for us i felt like they were the ones kind of leading a lot of the um just the stubbornness on the ice that uh you know we were uh, offensively i i saw mcdonough had a lot of good looks and uh Kalorn's always it's like it seems like he kind of goes on a little bit of a dry spell but then you blink and, and the guy starts scoring one or two goals and he's not mm-hmm. like anybody to f around with either right so um as i pretty sure i saw bunting and Kalorn kind of to exchange a couple of uh, niceties, <laughs> a couple kisses on the cheek. Like is, <laughs> is it just me or from McDonough and Kalorn especially? Do you get the like old man that's not ready to give up vibe? Yeah, oh, 100%. Like, they're, they're still good, but when they get danced or when someone does something that, you know, two, three, four years ago, nobody would have made this move on McDonough and succeeded, or nobody would have out hustled Kalorn or out battled him out from the net and now it's happening so now they're just complaining about everything like I, I get it the officiating has been horrible on both sides mm-hmm. but it seems like every single time the cameras zoom in on McDonough or on Kalorn they're just losing their minds like someone gave them the wrong brand of oatmeal or something <laughs> <laughs> no, they do I, have that I'm grizzled veteran that. look to them yeah, and tonight they were complaining a lot. Even on that uh, delay of game call from McDonough, he was arguing till the, the cows came home and it went to review. And, you know, Bunting was challenging it as well. Like, yes, that, that did not tip off anything. That did not touch anything. But, yeah, Kalorn, he was a little bit of a rat tonight. Uh, not Perry, not Maroon. It was like you said, Darty, Kalorn, and and uh, McDonough. But um, right for, after plus, for everyone saying, sorry, Steph, for everyone yeah. saying how deep the Tampa is and how great their fourth <laughs> line is, and that's going to be what dominates the Leafs. I know it was one game, but that fourth line was fucking invisible tonight. Yes. Yeah. Go ahead, Darty. And uh, yeah, just just to add on tack onto that point is uh you know obviously since uh our our boys were uh resting and uh, i guess uh, dragging their knuckles <laughs> up in the press box um <laughs> like there's there's penalties from maroon right and uh i i'm fine like bogo's kind of a um idiot sometimes too right there's a lot of crusty you know sharp-edged <laughs> you know guys on that <laughs> team and uh 
I think once they kind of realize that, the, okay, this is this is the kind of game the Leafs are playing. And, you know, maybe we, you know, considering considering McDavid uh, is up for a sussy at this point, like everybody's calling for his neck. Like, maybe we don't want to be the reason that our team, you know, loses. Because uh, I'm sure this game should have, this game looked like a game that could have gotten uglier. Um, like, it definitely felt like it. We were, I, I myself was expecting something worse than what uh, McDonough and Corn were, like I said, once... I think those um, penalties in the first and those, uh, I said those exchanging of niceties <laughs> happened in the first and second. I think it was more, you just kind of saw the lippiness of McDonough and, 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 uh, and Kalorn, but uh, which is good for us, right? So if uh, I, I don't want anybody to get hurt, I'd rather them be jackasses on the ice than actually like, Hey, we got worth what three games in now. And we have no serious injuries as far as we know. Right. Like we could be in the goalie position like some of these other teams. Right. And Mm -hmm. considering the level of uh, I said (laughs) as politely as I'm putting it, the exchanging of niceties (laughs) between these two teams, like where it's really it's rather impressive that we don't have anything too serious going on just to kind of cap. Yeah. Yeah. And I had a note in the third period, you know, the transitional play was great. I heard on the broadcast, you know, these two ga- these two teams are great on the transition, but it's so scary because when it starts to go ping-pongy, multi-goals can happen at any time. And after the Palat goal, I was very happy to see Sheldon Keefe call that timeout just to settle down the guys and regroup and say, "Okay, listen, you know, <laughs> I don't know what he said, but I'm assuming he says, "Okay, you know, take your time." Um we just got a hold and shut this game down. And, you know, the third line, especially in the third period for Tampa, they were such pests like Hagel and Nick Paul and Sorelli, I believe, uh, just would not give it up and trying to draw those penalties. Uh, Hagel's very good at it. Eh? He's like uh, Tampa's little bunting there. <laughs> yeah. But we just have to be careful too- about blatant holding calls too, right? Like we we're, yeah. we're yep. like it's 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 too blatant, right? Like there's there's obviously sell jobs, and we're we're not idiots. We've seen them, you know, from, particularly from Bel- Belmar. Um, but uh, like Justin Hall, he, you know, when he's sitting in the sin bin, you could tell that he was thinking of that three one narrative too, and he's like, oh man, these 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 fuckers on Twitter are gonna be roasting me again. <laughs> Quite frankly, I thought yeah. he played well, and considering that we. You took off Simmons and in, in, in Clifford that we need his size. I did make that point in, on Twitter that the guys, again, he's not a small guy by any means. Like the guys at yeah. well over 200 pounds, six foot four, that's the kind of guy you want in a game like this, because like, I, I don't have any particular recollection of Justin Hall being aggressive, but he's not like, he's not too much of a pretty boy. He's got the long hair and the beard kind of Aragorn looking like you, you want a guy like him out there, especially as a demon, <laughs> right? Big. And, uh, yeah, he kind of fucked up. Like he that that was a very egregious holding call. The the ones that we saw last game too. That I was kind of like stop doing that. Like I honestly rather you slash the guy at this point than. Yeah, I think uh, my heart specifically dropped when you know Keith called the timeout and then Tampa went back on the power play because there was a call on Muzzin for a hook that seemed to not exist until I watched the replay for a fifth time and he somehow snuck his blade into the hands of 
uh, Nick Paul there. And I was like, how did the refs see that? But they can miss, like we said last episode, Darty, a blatant murder on the ice, you know? <laughs> um, but the Leafs were able to hold it down. And even Sheldon Keefe grabbing the tablet super fast to be like, what the fuck? Like, I didn't even see that. Like, where was the hook? But speaking of aggressive, Ilya Mikheyev on that PK. Whew. So fast. Sneaky, sneaky snake. Several, several steps ahead of Headman. Uh, Yes. Um, Unable to sink Uh, it. (laughs) Yeah. But he doesn't fail when the empty netter comes because Ingvall, you know, so sweet, so selfless, brings it all the way to the net and just slightly passes to Mikheyev to sink it. And then he doubles down again on the empty netter. Camp. Ingval are also tied for most goals among Leafs in the playoffs. Can you believe that, guys? <laughs> <laughs> After tonight, Ingval's been doing stuff like this all season, right? Like I've I've called him Keith's security blanket for the longest time. The the unselfish plays, the any play, any every shift, every single play for every shift of him, he's just thinking about the team. It doesn't matter if he needs to lay a big hit, if he needs to try to get under someone's skin, score a goal, make a pass, doesn't matter. He's doing it. And that was just like stuff like that is really cool to see because he could have easily got the goal and padded his own stats and he made sure Mickey got his first. You know, yeah. they say don't judge a book by its cover unless it's Pierre Angval, in which case he is just as beautiful <laughs> on the inside as he is on the outside. <laughs> so I got to ask. I'm <gasps> feeling pretty good pretty pretty wrong question pretty 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 good we'll still take the giraffe impression bean but i also want to know who did you think was pretty good tonight but we'll take the you go ahead dirty i'll let you go first (laughs) you gotta put me on the chopping block here this is a tough one because like the guys i would normally say are pretty good we're actually really good. <laughs> and then yeah. I don't want to say someone like Austin Matthews because like you can't you can't make Poppy pretty good in the game. That's like it's like the guy's always good. You guy's always on. So like if I was going to say someone's pretty good, I'm going to go with Hall just because even though he kind of fucked us on that power, power play, okay. like he uh, he still like if we get one from Hall and one from Labushkin, then like whatever. All right. It's not like he, yeah. it's not like a five minute major or anything. And I said, like, I liked his size out there. I thought he played decently. You know, I don't want to make the guy feel uncomfortable. I see a lot of people <laughs> chirp him on Twitter and it's like, this is, he could look considering what's going on with injuries around the league. This guy could come down literally being our last line of defense, right? Like you never know what happens. Knock on wood. Yeah. So like, I'm not here to just shit on Leafs players. Cause he's all we got. All right. You know, I'm sure you <laughs> can find a bunch of, AHLers, but that's not you really don't want that to be your saving grace just like we don't want like you know we don't end up say we lose say we lose jack right like i love shalgren but like you know there's teams out there who are just literally dealing with you know uh what the hell was he eating spicy pork louis Deming, right like <laughs> you got to count your blessings and right now counting my blessings i'm saying you know what you were pretty good tonight justin hall i'll give you that all right Gold star for you, Justin Hall. How about you, Beaner? Darty, you actually stole my pick. I oh. I was eating crow 
Eaton Crow a little earlier saying that I had called Hall out a couple times on Twitter before the game that he was going to cost us a goal. And even though technically he did because he took that penalty, he, he played well tonight. Um, but I, I'm probably going to have to go with... Um, I'm going to say Geo. He didn't okay. do anything like crazy spectacular or anything tonight, but just the, the steady the steady influence back there, right? And he was he was good for Hall and probably helped us be impressed with Hall's game. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I'm going to go with Gio. Gio led the team with shorthanded minutes tonight with uh, 307. Justin Hall. Actually, TJ Brody had 226 and Justin Hall with 223. So that just goes to show how much trust uh, Keith had in him tonight. But for me, you know, Jack Campbell was first star, Andre Palat second, Mitch Marner third. <laughs> Let's see. Outside of those guys, I'd have to give my fourth star to It's hard. You know, I agree, Darty. Uh, you know, Pierre Ingvall had three assists tonight. And Mikheyev with the two goals. Yeah. I really, really enjoyed Mikheyev or Mikheyev on the PK and how aggressive he was. And he did not give up on that puck and used his full reach and, you know, used all of his uh, skills to his, his advantage. But I'm also torn between Blackwell, you know, just because he's so <laughs> sneaky as well. Um Obviously, you know, Mitch Marner is a big one for me tonight, but he already had a star. I'm just going to give it to Mikheyev. Um, Two goals on the night, six shots, five hits. Damn. Yeah. Giving it to Mikheyev. He's been exactly who we need him to be in this playoff series. I know it's only three games. Like, we've still got a lot more games to play. But if he keeps this up, like, I last last night, Darty was in one, all right? Because I was really just, I went on a little night run. And I was thinking about this Leafs team and I was just thinking about everything that we've been through. And I was like, look, like at this point, I don't, cause I don't know how dirty it's going to get. I've been, we, I was watching other games around the league and I'm like, I don't know if like this game seemed a lot more tame than what I was expecting. I was actually, I'm happy, but I'm also, again, like still makes me nervous. Cause like I'm seeing what's going around on around the league. And I was like, yeah. at this point I'll take a Pyrrhic victory because I just <laughs> want to get past this goddamn first round. <laughs> Because this is such a good team, right? Tampa's like, we yeah. can talk dirt about them all we want. Say they're dirty. Say they're, you know, goons. Say they, they don't deserve whatever. Like, we, we've seen it all. We're on Twitter. We're on, you know, our discords and whatnot. But um, at the end of the day, like, it doesn't change change the fact that they are a good team. And they're, you know, in a 1v8 or 8v1 or whatever, like, this would not be the kind of matchup we've been dealing with. And maybe, you know, just like we'd leaf ourselves out of this and end up getting swept by some bottom <laughs> feeder. <laughs> but also, too, it's just like, it's just, sometimes it's just really, like, just every game, especially how we lost last game, it just seems really fucking unfair that, like, <laughs> you know, that we're trying to dig ourselves out of the, out of this history, and yet, like, it gets harder and harder to do so, right? And it's good. I really lo- I really want the Leafs to overcome adversity. I just, like, I'm scared. I'm still scared. Even after we're up 2-1 in the series, like, I don't think I'll ever be not nervous until we make it to the second, all right? Yeah. Um, until until that handshake is going on you, there's always a little bit to be nervous about unfortunately um <laughs> but like and i get what you mean by saying it's unfair and it, it's it's true 
But at the same time, we've seen it happen to other teams. It's not just like a Leaf thing, right? So that's where it becomes all that much more important to make sure they do the little things like they did tonight, especially at the start of the game, right? Focus on the team game and and back each other up. Not necessarily physically and act with the whistles, but more importantly, during the game. Yeah. Let's just jump to some Twitter questions here because we have a lot. We have Mike at That's good. Mike the Fanatic. Yeah. How big was that post-to-post save by Jack on Stamkos when it was a 3-2 game? Unbelievable. Those are the exact saves that Freddie could never give this group. What a beast of a game by Ingval, especially in the third period. I totally agree, Mike. Um, I kind of have to eat my words with my you know, prediction about Carolina right now, just because these backup tendies are posting over 940 save percentages, it seems. But Frederick Anderson, you know, the yearly playoff injury um, right now, he'd be digging us into a grave, unfortunately, in my opinion. Anyways, Jack Campbell <laughs> is nothing but elite. But yeah, that post save, that post to post save. The whole crowd thought it was in, right? Everyone except uh, Stamkos and Jack. So, Bobby Gosh. Those those kind of saves, like, sorry. Um, no, go th- ahead. Those kind please. of saves when you're coming across like that, it's it's all you can do just to to try and salvage any kind of positioning you have whatsoever. And the yeah. fact that he was able to keep his torso upright for as long as he did was just was awesome. I was kind of afraid that he pulled something just seeing him slide across like that. And um, the second he got up quickly, it was fine. But I also didn't want him to, you know, hold in the pain and play through it and injure himself even more. But thankfully, that was not the case. So we'll take it and move on to the next. Bobby Ghosh, the drama, the intrigue, the comedy. This game had it all. Oh, yes, it did. Uh, I was beat red afterwards and probably still now because the emotions are high. But uh, yeah, playoff game, baby. Best time of year. Austin Matthews Rocket at TML Fan in Van. Hey. Who's that guy? Never heard yeah, of him before. Who, who dat? <laughs> what type of heart attack meds do you recommend? <laughs> Good question. Considering like everybody on this so. show is pretty much sub thirty five, I, I don't think anybody has really everybody good. except Sully. <laughs> yeah. yeah, fun fact: we've learned that Sully <laughs> is a lot older than we thought he was. And maybe you can guess if you're listening to the episode. Send us a comment. What do you think? Uh, how old do you think Sully is? Maybe we'll send you a little something if you get it right. Because you left him in the basement for too long, and he just aged dramatically. <laughs> it's like some sort of paradox, uh, multiverse machine that just ages you when you're when you're trapped in my basement. He has a baby now. face, and, and so do I. Yeah. So does Beaner. Like you would never guess <laughs> That's the- meeting us in person, our ages. Well, me, anyways. Everyone always thinks I'm way younger than I am. But back to That's the question. Why I can't grow facial hair. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I think. For, for the most part, it's got to just be whatever whatever can keep you calm, right? Like I – it's going to make me sound like I'm an alcoholic. I'm not an alcoholic, I swear. But 
be introduced. You know, you need a to couple tell beers. Not tonight. Not tonight. Um, but no, like a, a couple beers or just just something that'll that'll calm you down. I have a couple friends I know that they might like to partake in some of the wacky tobacco every now and then, and <laughs> the w- whatever tabacky. whatever gets you through, right? Yeah, speaking for myself, I always have beer in hand while watching the game, but also I I uh, love me some wacky p- tobacco uh, on the daily. So yeah, that's my medication. <laughs> <laughs> Sarah, Sarah, Sarah underscore wah. Am I a bad mom for sitting in bed drinking whiskey and watching a hockey game a midday Saturday? No, you are not. <laughs> You are the best mom ever. Yeah. No sarcasm there, <laughs> by the way. No sarcasm there. I mean it. Luke Man on Discord. We love you. Don't worry. We love you. Yeah. We love you. Mr. We're not here to judge you based on your, like, we, we won't judge you nearly as harshly as we judge Justin Hall, okay? Just just always know that. Yeah. <laughs> In your heart of hearts. <laughs> Luke Man says, and I have to read this out, I apologize. Soup is elite. You are right. I was wrong. You are smart. I am dumb. You are a goddess. I am mere mortal. Damn Can I just right. Copy and paste bruh? that. No. Uh, <laughs> Can I copy and paste that for uh, when I have to bend over and give Beaner all my uh, my Timmy's points because it's looking like the predators are gonna get swept. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, we we can touch on that a little later. We got a got a little. Little couple comments on on some of the goaltending situations going around the league, but uh, might not be a bad idea, Darty. Just screenshot <laughs> that one. Screenshot exactly. Yeah. Speaking around, speaking about around the league, did you guys see that tonight? Boston fans were pounding so hard on the glass that it fell onto the box attendant and injured him. Oh, poor guy. Yeah, someone posted this in our Discord, and the the fans were going well. I don't know if it was from tonight. I, it most likely was, but they were pounding the glass so hard it looked like a replay from the nineties or something. Sudden, yeah, yeah, and then a big sheet just falls out and whacks him on the head. I just I like was... the, usually when I think of something like that, I think of like Ty Domi like crawling over and trying to pound the shit out of that that guy just spilling beer everywhere. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, that Domi video is a video that will never go away. <laughs> like, how much do you bet he regrets that so bad? Because it's an, it's it's gonna lit it's gonna live on in infamy. Yeah, definitely. But just to uh, end it off uh, on our Leafs topic, you know, tonight we saw J- Jason Spezza enter the lineup. Uh, we saw Nylander and JT reunited again with Kashe. Just wondering what you guys thought of that second line. I know it's been a hot topic on everyone's minds. Uh, We all know JT does the right things, but there's also the argument of getting on the scoreboard and Matthews and Marner cannot handle or hold this team on their shoulders. But hey, tonight it was one defender and all the death scoring. So I don't know if that argument stands, but yeah. One more thing about that. It's funny that Stamkos only had, or last game had zero shot attempts. And this game, he was invisible until the third period. But nobody talks about Stamkos like that, right? 
I was going to bring that up. Like, like if this was Toronto, if like, you know, roles were reversed, like Stamkos would be like getting roasted just as, like just as badly, if not worse than JT. Like they're in the same fucking boat. You know, they're the same kind of guy, really. They're just, you know, palette swaps. If you really think about it, like at least like in their, you know, how the, how the media would view them. Right. Like maybe Stamkos is more um, Matthews ask, I guess. I, I don't know how we are, you know, if, are we comparing, I, I personally think Stamkos is a better player than JT, but I just, I guess their actual role on paper is still, um, you know, he'd be getting wrote. Stamkos would be eaten alive here. Yeah. They're just, they're, they're completely different players, right? Like mm-hmm. they both have drastic influences on the team they're on, but Stamkos is a sniper and Tavares is more of like a playmaker, I guess, mm-hmm. if you wanted to break it down right to like the fun- fundamentals of it. Um, with regards to that line, the, the thing I keep taking away from it is I'm so happy to see Kasha back healthy and being able to contribute, yes. right? Because there was, there was some times there where we didn't really know if he was going to be able to come back at all, let alone come yeah. back for the playoffs. And JT's still doing little things, right? He's still winning face-offs. He's still... He had that, uh, was it game one or two? He had a couple different really good defensive plays. The one on all fours out front of the net blocking passes. <laughs> like that That's the kind of stuff you need. If, if it's not going your way in the score sheet, you need to lay the body out whenever you can. And you start doing stuff like that, and it's going to trickle down the lineup. Like you even see tonight, Matthews was kind of standing up for himself. A little bit of a backbone in the corner there, right? When things started to yeah. get a little nasty. You see, I'll I'll stop myself there. I don't want to see Matthews fight. He's no. had enough r- wrist injuries <laughs> as it is, but yeah. it, it was nice to see him kind of kind of say, "Hey, I'm I'm not just gonna be thrown around." Yeah, a la, who was it, Edmondson or Weber, and against Montreal, he just has to remember Ooh, the size, so, right? He has to oh, remember he that does. he's, he's like a not a small big boy. Man. He's a big he's a big man. He's a big man. You know, and. Uh, I'm so glad we're not playing against, uh, you know, the Jets or Columbus because <laughs> I don't want him to like have, you know, maybe maybe Tampa starts watching that tape, but like I don't think that's that's gonna fly anymore. <laughs> and, and, and even if it does, like the fact that JT's not scoring, okay, yes, it might be concerning because he's getting eleven million dollars or however you want to word it. But Matthews and Marner have showed up; they have points. The third and fourth lines are showing up. They have points. If other parts of your team are contributing, it's going to take a little bit of the pressure off, and it might be there with the media. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to give them airtime by naming some of the Toronto media that we all ha- love to hate. <laughs> but it it's not it's not as big of a deal as people are making it out to be. As silly as that sounds, because they're getting it done as a team, and it'll come. Yeah. Next round, they, you know, we defeat Tampa. We make it to the next round against the winner of the Florida-Washington series. And it could be Matthews that's being held off the score sheet. And JT could get two hat tricks, right? Like, you never know. (laughs) Yeah. I really like that you said that it's about the team. Because at the end of the day, if one person fails, the whole team fails. And I think that's the new mindset that this team has matured to have this year. Because... You know, it feels like a single unit. They're clicking. They, like everything is working out 
in ways that you would never imagine in previous years and having this feeling on the inside. I mean, of course, we're Leafs fans. We always have the dream. But this year, it it feels realer. And it I'm, I'm not used to this feeling. And as much as we can say, <laughs> okay, this guy is the blame on this play, this guy is that, whatever. At the end of the day, I totally agree with Keith and him saying, you know, it's a single unit thing. And for example, if you play horrible in front of Jack, you know, Jack doesn't do so well and vice versa. Mm. Like, it's just one of those things. And I'm so glad Spezza came in as well to get the reps, especially on the road. Um, I know we, we were we were talking about that, Darty, last episode as well. We were hoping to see Spezza. But I think game three was the appropriate move to bring mm-hmm. him up. What do you think about that? He looked very strong. I th- And he had some really good looks. There's a pretty good on the numbers shot on goal. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it looked like kind of hurt Vasilevsky a bit. I think sometimes like a, go- a goaltender needs to like take those shots because they get too comfortable with them afterwards, right? If you're always stopping the puck right at the numbers, all of a sudden <laughs> something that whizzes by your head or whizzes to the top, top left, top right, five hole, you just, you know, you spent the whole game just getting hit straight in the straight in the chest. Like, oh, fuck. <laughs> I don't know. Again, you're, you're the goaltender here, so you'll know from personal experience, but. <laughs> I, I don't know if I would necessarily say we need to get those because you it's it's never fun when you get a stinger and if it just hits you in that certain perfect spot that your gear either is a little extra worn out or maybe you, you <laughs> overextended yourself and then it caught you funny his gear is always a little extra beater he's, he's we've seen those pictures he's hiding <laughs> the kitchen sink under there the, yeah the guy's a toothpick but he puts his chest protector on and he's three miles wide um <laughs> No, to to touch on your point with Spezza, I, I, yes, as we mentioned earlier, I was happy he was in and he played great. And I think this is going to sound bad because it's going to sound like I'm ripping on Joe Thornton and maybe I am, but I think, I think it's nice to have a, a, a veteran presence who knows his role and knows what he's able to bring and actually does it. Like he doesn't just come out there and chirp because he's been in the league for 20 years and he feels like he can do that. He knows he's not the superstar first line center anymore, but he does know what he can still contribute. And he did that tonight. Yeah. And Spezza even said he cannot describe like words cannot describe the feeling to watch a playoff game, especially as a player. You know, it's been eating him up the last couple of games, not being able to play. But I totally agree. You know, don't show all the weapons right off the bat. Uh, What if Spezza got injured the first two games, you know, and then he'd be out the first or the next round if we make it that far. And I agree with Sheldon Keefe's reasoning of, you know, after the first couple of games, the physicality, you know, it's not as crazy because there's more at stake. So teams get more serious about things. I mean, tonight there was only a total of 16 penalty minutes in comparison to the, what, 120 odd something first game. And then, you know, last game there was only 22 or so, but it, it didn't feel like that. It felt like the entire game was just call after call after call. But... Yeah, moving on to next game, Sunday, game four in Tampa. 
hopefully um i don't i don't think keith will be making any lineup changes but you never know you never know like i i think i think keith and cooper are playing a uh a lot of mind games right now i can tell that mm-hmm. uh the way they're it looks like they're you know tardy's eye test the way they're talking to their players and the way they're talking amongst themselves and and uh just the looks on their faces tell me that this is a very mental game like there there's a cold war going on behind the bench just as much as the physical war going on on the ice and uh (laughs) cooper's you know cooper is obviously a lot cockier than he uh you know he lets on he does seem a little bit more calm and composed and and keith is keith's always been known as an asshole right like he's he's a he played for he played for the lightning you know briefly in in his uh nhl career and uh you know he's got that rough past and he got he, he you know he's he is the young upstart even though he's a bit of a gray hair now <laughs> and he's got a he's you know he's this other coach right this one you know back to back winning coach you got now you got Keith here who's got nothing this is first full eighty three was it he's 80, 82 game season yeah yeah it is so he's and got something to prove I, right yeah definitely 1650 and 19 in the nhl this guy's coaching record i saw someone tweet about it today just absolutely unbelievable if you add all of the league the professional leagues that he's he's coached in his record is 758 to 290 and 40 <laughs> like this guy I, I don't know if it's appropriate like the tweet said to combine that but goes to show and we even said he's made every single playoffs and every uh team he's coached but if we're looking around the league lots going on of course um i'm kind of surprised with how these some of these series are going i know we had our picks we have our playoff predictions but one of the biggest things that surprised me was that markstrom who has a .51 goals against average and a 974 save percentage is the second best goalie in the series after two games because Ottinger after two has a 982 and the Flames have 340 goal scorers on their team. <laughs> Just wow. Frauds. If we're talking across the league, fraud. <laughs> Just cue the Sid Six Arrow. Fraud. <laughs> but uh, how many goals do you think uh, E. Kane, Vander Kane, has uh, tonight? Uh, I witnessed at least one of them here as we were sitting here. Does he have a so hat? I said the word goals. No, he doesn't have. Well, the game's not over yet. <laughs> the game's not over yet. But uh, Evander Kane has two goals. So you know what? As much as this guy is plagued by um, a lot of things personally, and you know he's got uh, <laughs> he's got a lot of uh, banks and uh, ex wives and and casinos chasing Bookies. after him, the guy still <laughs> plays amazing hockey. Clearly, all right. Like he's got two goals right now. It's paying off for the Oilers, who are up. Five one in the second right now against LA. So wow, yeah, LA LA just just pulled Jack before I switched back over to the Minnesota game, which Minnesota's up four nothing right now. So speaking of goalies, I saw another post which kind of surprised me. The salaries of starting goalies in the playoffs. There's three of them: Huso, Deming, Ingram, who make league minimum of seven hundred fifty k. We have Kochetkov at 842k and Swayman as well. 
an Ottinger at 925. So it's like this year is the battle of the rookie goalies or because so yeah, many injuries so far. It's been crazy, the injuries that, are, that have happened. And I'm going to attempt to say his full name, Pyotr Kochetkov. Um, he's he's come in and he's looked great for Carolina. Ingram looked unreal for Nashville. I thought they were taking night. that like, game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, it, it definitely looked like they were. Um, good on him too. What what a story! I don't know if you're familiar with it. He, um, a little bit of a reclamation project originally a Tampa draft pick and then signed with Nashville. And he actually had at one point checked himself into the players' assistance program for um a severe ocd disorder wow i know the name i've definitely seen him play but i did not know that wow good to know yeah western canadian kid i think he's from somewhere in saskatchewan um was great in the juniors made it to a couple team canada camps i believe i don't think he ever actually made the final cut for the world juniors but um a lot of promise and it's it's good seeing him get a chance and he he definitely Looks like he's going to at least attempt to run with it. And then, yeah, yeah as you guys touched on the spicy pork, you <laughs> Pittsburgh's looking like, what do you do? Do you go with Alex Diorio for the next game? Do you go with Deming? Like, Because I don't think Jari has even started skating yet, so Jari's still not an option. And DeSmith is done. Yeah. So that's it's... tough. He had core surgery this morning, out for the rest of the playoffs. Uh I think they go with Deming. What do you think, Darty? Speaking out of my ass, because I don't know anything statistically about these uh, goaltenders <laughs> who are um, going to be vying for this position, I always like to believe that you go with the one who brung you, all right? You dance with the one who brung you. And at this point, Spicy Pork Deming, you know, handsome feller, he's uh, doing interviews, about, uh, looking sweaty, playing in, the, <laughs> coming in at the end of the, of the third overtime. But uh, I think you just got to... Like, if you pick someone that's not – the guy came in and, you know, what, Pittsburgh, what is it now? They uh, – I don't know. Are they even in their series? Because – Yes. Yeah, it's even in their series. They pretty much got blown out 5-2 um, by the by the rags yesterday. So, <laughs> I don't know who, who was in who was in net at that time. Was it Deming? All right. So, Deming, Deming kind of yep. got his ass kicked that night. That night. But at the same time, <laughs> at the same time, right, like, you know – there's been a lot of five goal games throughout this league. We've experienced one on Jack. We didn't pull pull Jack out, right? And uh, it's you being probably know a lot better about um, the mental game that is played by goaltenders and all hockey players, right? Like by any athlete, um, you don't want to. You're in the playoffs. You you only have so many games. You don't know how many games you're really going to get, right? Because you might get blown out in the next two games, right? So you want to be able to make sure that the guys that are going to be playing with you every single game, you got to you know you got to you got to focus on the night that you're playing. Want to be there to play for you. And yeah, Deming obviously got uh, five goals on him, but again, he also saved your ass for a couple minutes in that third. So if you if you're going to decide to throw somebody else in after. It just, it just, it's, it's one of those things too. Like it kind of shows cowardice a little bit, right? Like you got to be confident. Sometimes you have to be confident with the bag that's sitting in the net. You know, you got to be confident with an asshole like Justin mm-hmm. Hall getting you. <laughs> you know, you just got to just 
ah, grin and bear it because if you also affect their mental and how they feel playing, like you're only going to, it's like you're only going to get the result that you were expecting anyways, right? I don't know. Yeah. Call me crazy. The, the, the one good thing is Domingue's been in the league, right? He's been around for a while. He's not a, a, a pimple-faced rookie who's <laughs> just starting in the league. Like he, he knows what's going on. He knows what's at stake. Um, it, It's a really, really tough call because I, I don't know if you can really go to the guy if you pull him and you put um, Dorio in for next game. Can you really say, hey, you know, I know we we didn't give you the chance to redeem yourself, but we need you now because the young kid came in and played like crap. Yeah. So. Well, it's not like a 12 game stretch where, uh, you know, you you're like, okay, we're going to throw Shalgren in and see what happens. Right. It's this is like yep. every freaking game matters. And I said you, you had Domingue come in and save your ass. Obviously, the night after he didn't do so great, but there's I didn't pay also didn't pay attention to that game. Right. There could have been plenty of things. Maybe he was a total sieve. Right. I, I don't know. You guys watch. But also, like we've seen that these things can happen from break defensive breakdowns, from just the the tone of the game changing as what ha- I would think that that's what would happen, happen with the Leafs. Right. Like we lost that game because we didn't understand what the tone of the game was. And we kind of got to. Uh, you know, we came in running and gunning and then we realized, <laughs> oh, we can't we, we can run, but we can't gun as much as we like. <laughs> so I said, I didn't watch that Pittsburgh game. If, if you did and you think he's a total sieve, correct me. But I still think I said we've there, a lot of teams been losing five, five goal games anyways. Throw him in one last time. And if he absolutely blows chunks, like what the hell are you going to do anyways? It's like, you know, you got to play game by game, right? It's, it's yeah. kind of that shitty thing. It's not <laughs> it's not perfect. Speaking of goaltenders, though, five shutouts already this week. Did you guys see that coming at all? Not the Dallas one. We have one. Campbell, Huso, Markstrom, Ottinger, Smith with shutouts this week. I did not see Dallas. All right, that that's <laughs> yeah. The 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 fact that you have a series in the the Dallas Calgary series that has both starting goalies have a shutout already is almost mind-boggling like the storylines both good and bad for the goalies have just been ridiculous to start the playoffs i think uh pittsburgh you're probably going to see louie start the next game carolina you're still going to have kochetkov and i think ingram's gonna gonna start for nashville again Mm -hmm. so just to close it off you know we made our predictions we we see we saw some of the scores you know some of the series are tied carolina is leading 2-1 if you can go back and change one of your predictions would you change any <laughs> you being you want to answer for me I, I i don't know why would you want to change your prediction dirty just why would i why would i or after one game, you know, like I, I was kind of surprised myself about Boston, right? I thought they would be coming out super hot, especially without or Carolina without Frederick Anderson. But Carolina's goaltending has been a huge surprise for me. Um, that's well, just one you, example. You, sorry for kind of stepping on you there, Steph. Like you, you yeah. saw it with what happened with the whole Nadalkovich thing last year as well, right? 
Nedeljkovic looked like a world beater when he was yeah. on the Canes last year. He he looked like they had found the goalie of the future. And may, not, yes, Detroit, it's a garbage team right now. But maybe it's a little bit of the fact that Carolina seems like they make it pretty easy for goaltenders to play behind that team. Yeah. So, yes, they lost Freddie. Yes, they lost Ranta. Kochetkov, yes, he's he's a talented kid, but he's making it look easy right now. Yeah, for sure. So many, so many so, factors, right, Steph? Right, you got the, <laughs> the the matchups, the game. You know, teams are playing. Yeah. You got the tone of every. As I was talking about, every game has a different tone. Every game will have a different tempo, and uh, yeah. some of them don't. You know, sometimes the, you know you get right back into where you left off. But uh, we've seen it. You know, sometimes the, the, these things will change, and then uh, also injuries and. Like, look, the Bruins won tonight, right? Who knows? Maybe yeah. things flip on a dime, and then that's it. You know, <laughs> bye-bye Hurricanes. Seven yeah. games, right? You, you have up to seven games to win. We have Colorado leading the series 2-0. Minnesota Wild and Blues tied at 1. They're playing tonight. Calgary-Dallas tied at 1. Oilers-The Kings tied at 1 playing tonight. Carolina leading 2-1 over the Boston Bruins. Pens and Rangers tied at 1. Florida and Caps tied at 1. And finally, our Toronto Maple Leafs lead the series two to one and play again in tampa sunday so i'm really hoping for another you know good win from our buds big push you know don't take the foot off the gas whatsoever um regroup watch the video take the notes move it to next time and yeah hopefully come out with a win any closing thoughts guys uh, I would just say, like, as as Leafs fans, we don't like even if we lose next game, uh, we don't have to really worry until we're down a game. Right. Because this is they, we know everything we know about Tampa. They're no slouches. All right. We're going to they're going to come <laughs> back again. And it's how how often we do we uh, do it? Does any team, you know, manage to beat a team twice at their own barn? Right. Like, who knows what, yeah. what may happen? Maybe we just blow them out. Maybe they blow us out. But remember, we're we're up two one right now, and if they beat us in a game, they'll just be two two, right? So we're not behind yeah. yet. Don't start destroying the parade just yet. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, I just I I've been crazy impressed with almost all the series, like even the Colorado Nashville one, which it's. It's potentially looking like it it's, might be a fairly quick one. Mm-hmm. Um, even that has had a lot of storylines. Like watching Makar out there. Makar is just a monster. Um, Ingram coming in and almost stealing a game away. Like all the series have something. You have I, what? I think only two of the series now where we've only seen one goalie for each team. Calgary, Dallas, and Toronto, Tampa. Every other series has seen at least three goalies. Um, yeah. a lot of good storylines being right. Like a lot of good, like it, it, there's so many, you got Have Crosby and Malkin. Uh, we haven't seen Talbot, but, uh, LA pulled quick tonight and put Pedersen okay. in. We haven't so seen there's... Bennington. Nope. Not for who. So, oh yeah. Sorry. No, I, I forgot Bobrovsky. about them. Anyone. Yeah. Sergey I don't think yeah, but we've seen, we've seen Vanacek and, uh, Sam Sonov. Yeah. yeah. That, oh, that's yeah. that's kind of worrying me a little bit 
I was expecting the Washington goalies to step up a little better than they have. Yeah. I saw a tweet today saying, you know, Caps would make it pretty far in the playoffs if it weren't if it wasn't for their goal goaltending situation and even throughout the year. But, you know, they they had some injury issues this year as well and I don't know what's going on with them. But anyways, we will be back on Sunday, hopefully with a big win in Game 4 in Tampa. This is Leafs Late Night. Steph the Fanal is here. Beaner, Darty Brodeur. Thanks for tuning in. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Leafs Late Night. Your night of post-game podcast. Available after every game on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Audible, and more. And there's a super exclusive Discord. DM for more. Discord. (laughs) Maroon's a tool. (laughs) Fuck Corey Perry.